So I wanted to share with you the newsletter that I am sending out today. Um, Hopefully you'll get it in your email boxes and share it. Uh, You can forward on to other leaders in your organization uh, because it has uh, just a short message for me, sometimes longer than shorter, but uh, and then also all the content that we produce uh, on Leading Saints, right? So this is what I said. I was recently interviewed on the Q More podcast where they asked their guests a specific question and inspect a well-thought-out answer. The question they asked me was, when does a prophet speak as a prophet, and when does he speak as a man? Great question. Now, the Q More podcast is very well-produced, and they did edit out quite a bit of my answer in order to keep the episode short and to the point. So, I thought I'd give you my full answer in this newsletter. Here goes. As the world becomes more and more divided and opinions contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ become more popular, it is easier for one to be influenced to question the guidance of living prophets because society is finding more reason to disagree with divine direction. For example, it was a societal norm 50 years ago for the definition of marriage to be between a man and a woman. Today that norm has dramatically shifted And therefore, it is easier for one to experience cognitive dissonance when hearing a strong message from a prophet that marriage is still divinely authorized only between a man and a woman. Or someone might hear one prophet teach one principle, and then either in the same time period or later, a different prophet disagrees with that teaching. A good example of this is the topic of evolution. Some prophets have condemned the belief, while others have made room for it. Currently, the church has no official position on evolution. But shouldn't all divine direction be consistent no matter when it is said in history or by whom? I don't necessarily think so. We like to romanticize about the idea that revelation is strictly defined by God clearly articulating... Let me try that again. We like to romanticize... We like to romanticize about the idea that revelation is strictly defined by God clearly articulating his direction on every matter to the prophet and when the prophet of the church uh, and then the prophet of the church acting as his mouthpiece passes the message on to the general body of the church and to the world. I believe that this type of dramatic interaction does happen from time to time. However, inspiration and revelation in the church isn't always so dramatic. When we consider the question of when a prophet is speaking as a man or as a prophet or as a prophet, there is a false premise in that question. The premise is assuming that a man is called as a prophet can either act like a man or act like a prophet, but not at the same time. Anyone who has ever served in a leadership position where you are given authority to receive inspiration for a body of people know that inspiration and revelation often come to a leader as both a man and as an inspired messenger. For example, when I was serving as a bishop and we needed to call an assistant to the assistant nursery leader, rarely did the heavens open and present to us a name on a sparkling scroll so that we knew exactly where God stood on who should be the assistant to the assistant nursery leader. Typically, the inspiration came to us as we counseled together and made the best decision possible as a united body. Often those decisions didn't work out and led us in a different direction. Even when I was in the state presidency and we were seeking inspiration about a more influential calling like a bishop of a ward, the revelation process was oftentimes long and messy. It would be easy for us to say, hey, wait a minute, I thought we were inspired. 
Why isn't God clearly telling us who should be called the moment we ask? The reality is a prophet or any inspired leader, when acting in his capacity, his or her capacity as a set apart leader, never only speaks as a prophet and never only speaks as a man. It is always a hybrid of divine inspiration and mortal life experience that are influencing a leader or prophet to revelation. My favorite scripture on this topic was first shared with me by Professor Anthony Sweat, BYU religion professor and future Leading Saints podcast guest. Doctrine and Covenants 128 verse 9. This scripture is referencing the sealing power that was given to Joseph Smith in the Kirtland Temple. The same sealing power that was given to Peter in Matthew 16, and the same sealing power that was given to Nephi in Helaman 10. This scripture states, It may seem to some to be a very bold doctrine that we talk of, a power which records or binds on earth and binds in heaven. Nevertheless, in all ages of the world, whenever the Lord has given a dispensation of the priesthood to any man by actual revelation or any set of men, this power has always been given. Hence, whatsoever those men did in authority, in the name of the Lord, and did it truly and faithfully, and kept a proper and faithful record of the same, it became a law on earth and in heaven, and cannot be annulled according to to the decrees of the great Jehovah. Wow, that is a bold doctrine. So whenever uh, men do so whatever men do in authority in the name of the Lord, it becomes law on earth and in heaven, or in other words, it becomes revelation. This is why the doctrine of the priesthood keys is so important. When someone has priesthood keys like bishops and or, or the prophet, They have authority to direct and to seal. Priesthood keys don't give one authority to know exactly what God is thinking and how he is thinking it at any moment. God has blessed leaders with life experiences, personal opinions, and the gift of the Holy Ghost to help them articulate revelation in their own way. I love the autonomy of this doctrine. It gives a leader permission to take action and move forward, even when a clear direction is not becoming is not coming from God. It allows leaders to put their own impression on those. It allows leaders to put their own impression on those they lead, not because they aren't hearing His voice, but rather because He created us as agents of action rather than subjects to be acted upon. So the answer I presented to the world in this interview was complicated but powerful. When a prophet is acting in his role as a prophet, an individual holding keys to direct, he is always speaking revelation. Not because God told him exactly what to say, but because he possesses the authority to direct. And that is truly a bold doctrine.